Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, D'Amico Ryans was making the rounds yesterday. He was awesome. He was really good in his media session. We'll get to some of what he had to say to the national media at the Combine. Um, We have not had joint practices with another NFL football team in the preseason since before COVID. I can't remember if they had them in 2019. I remember them at the Greenbrier in 2018 because that's when the Patriots came to town. Uh, But then COVID hit, and there's only like 10 people allowed out at practice. And then David Culley didn't do joint practices. And then Lovey Smith didn't do joint practices. Neither of them wanted to do it. D'Amico Ryans was on Texans All Access last night, and they asked him, are you bringing back joint practices? Oh, yeah, I'm all about joint practices. I think joint practices are awesome because you get a chance to go against different schemes. Mm -hmm. So for our defense, like our offense will go against us, and we're a four-down team primarily. Mm -hmm. Our offense also needs to see looks versus a a three-down team, right? So to provide those different schemes, different personnel, like guys need to go against another team and joint practices, and it breaks the monotony of camp of just beating up against each other all the time. Breaks the monotony for us, too. Yeah, it does. And it does. it's true. The more you go against the same guys over and over again, the less progress is made. You get, you get really good at stalemating that guy. You know, and, and, and you're not, your weaknesses aren't necessarily exploited as much as if you see a diversity of guys. The, the offenses and the defenses start to get to know each other's tendencies. So I, I always liked it a lot, and especially for what D'Amico said, it breaking the monotony. That makes a big difference. Um, one of the reasons a lot of coaches I've seen start to say that they don't want to do combined practices is because uh, because it's too often that fights break out and then you gotta then you gotta cancel the practice altogether. Which to me, I like. I don't think I'd ever say that out loud because it's just an admission that you have no control over your team. Like oh, like I'm like ah, I can't. I can't bring. The, you imagine me in like a second grade teacher. Like oh, I can't. I know all the other. I know all the other classes are going on the field trip, but I have zero control over my class. Yeah. So I'd prefer not to go on the field trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It. It's. Uh. I think it would make it hard to 
not hard, but like if you're only practicing against yourselves, you're hindering your evaluation. If you're a general manager or a personnel department, because like, yeah. you're you're not you're seeing the same thing every day. You know, and there, there's no mixing in of other guys. There's no mixing in of 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 guys with the motivation of going against another jersey, that yeah. kind of thing. Like it's just it's one more data point, a good data point in evaluating guys, it's, especially. Sometimes teams fool themselves into thinking they're better than they are. And it's really good. Like, as an offensive line, you might be going against guys that are either mediocre defensive linemen or they just might not match up great against your offensive line. And then uh, all of a sudden, and, you know, the preseason doesn't necessarily tell you a whole lot, like always. So it's one more sample size to, to realize, oh, wow, our guys got their butts kicked up and down the field for four straight practices by this team. We we got to account for this. We got to we got to have a, a plan B for where we thought we were with the offensive line. I actually blame the lack of joint practices as we're talking this through right now, Seth. I yeah. blame the lack of joint practices the last two years in me betting the over on Texans wins over four wins two years ago and over four and a half wins this past season. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I'm not getting a good gauge. It's Texan on Texan violence. If they had just gone against, like, the Lions or something yeah. like that, I would have. I came out very optimistic in the preseason the last couple years. Especially in a preseason game where, let's talk about just pass blocking in general, like a true pass blocking snap where it's a definite passing down and a, uh, offensive lineman is one-on-one versus a defensive lineman. In a preseason game, especially these days where you don't get that many reps out of your starters, you might not really get that many pure pass rushing reps. Yeah. And in a, in a practice, you can get 20 or 30 uh, you know, in the, uh, against some good non, non-teammate guys. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad they're doing that. I am glad they're coming back. That's going to be good. I hope they're, I hope they're at home. Uh, it, when they uh, when they do them, so um, so that was the the big reveal yesterday on Texans All Access. Um, the staff is staying, the coaching staff is staying back in Houston during the combine. This was a uh, this was an issue of of great consternation on the station throughout the week. The afternoon guys thought that this was a really bad idea. You made the case yesterday that it makes sense to leave the coaching staff. Back in Houston at the Combine, D'Amico explained further yesterday what they're doing back there. Right. Our coaches are back. They are going through uh, their scheme. Coaches are implementing schemes on the offensive and defensive side. So they're going through scheme work, but they're also evaluating free agents in the process as well. So we've talked about, you know, our profile of players that we that we look for. We've went through that process. So offensively and defense, we know the type of guys that we're looking for. So our coaches are just combing through to make sure – there are a lot of great free agents out there, but every free agent isn't for us. So we want to make sure we get guys who are scheme fits and guys who fit exactly what we want them to do. Yeah, and um, I think that's a big, a big timing consideration for a team that's still trying to figure out exactly, you know, trying to teach everybody the scheme, get all the coaches on the same page. The more imminent challenge is free agency, more so than the draft. So you're under time constraints, and if you want to start evaluating free agents, I would much rather have all these coaches who are working on a compressed time schedule looking at the most imminent, the, the, the first, the, the first uh, challenge you're going to face as opposed to trying to do it all at once. And you can start negotiating with other teams' free agents 
a week from Monday, yeah, March 13th. So it's coming up quick. And Because uh, your personnel people already have tabs on all these guys. You've got your pro personnel people yeah. that have been evaluating guys constantly. You have your – and they know which guys were going to be free agents for the most part. Yep. Um, you know, the college scouts are doing the really – the meat of the work right now. Yeah. And the coaches can jump on to the college prospects after that. So it – it does make a lot of sense. You know, they might change that next year. I think for right now, it makes the most sense. The other thing, the other thing that I don't need, and I, I thought of this yesterday when we talked to McLean about what the media presence is like at the Combine now. McLean said that the first year he went to it, I believe he said there were seven media members I there. asked him that again yesterday yeah. on the podcast. It is seven, yeah. And now there are over a thousand. Yeah. Like, honestly, I don't need my damn assistant coaches politicking. Yeah. And or possibly saying too much to uh, all these media that are just lurking around the bars. You're and creating points of failure by yeah. bringing them with. Yeah, yeah, and that's I uh, like all these assistant coaches are trying to get on some bloggers' next hot coaching candidates list. Yeah, that's just true. Keep them away from it. Yeah. There's, there's too much temptation from these uh, these nefarious media types. Here's D'Amico Ryan's yesterday on. Um, Take a listen to this. This is him talking about the first several weeks of working with Nick Casario. Yeah, it's been awesome working with Nick. I mean, we hit the ground running. It hasn't been many breaks or much rest, so we've hit the ground running. Just And Nick has been awesome to work with. Nick is a very knowledgeable guy, right? And I'm happy to be, I'm happy to be a part of a team that has a GM in place who has so much experience, right, so much to a guy that I can bounce ideas off of. He's seen it done many ways, seen a lot of different players, and just having his knowledge and his experience has really been very beneficial to me. So I'm, I'm excited to work with Nick, and it's been a, a very smooth transition, smooth process, uh, communication. It's been awesome working with Nick, and we see the game the same way, which is, which is great. Right? We see the game the same way, see players the same, so it's uh, it'll be it would be really nice uh, to continue to work with him. This might be the thing that if we, had, if we had a time machine and we could play cuts for people from D'Amico's press conference yesterday, but it, we're playing it for them like three months ago, that yeah. kind of thing, this might be the most surprising thing. And I don't, think, I, I don't think it's Nick's fault really at all. I think it's more based in perception of this team over the last couple of years, the Patriot perception, which honestly, other than Rex Burkhead being on the team and touching the football – there's really not much that's happened over the last couple of years ago. Patriot this, Patriot that, Patriot. Right, right. There really hasn't. And, and I think hiring D'Amico is the big signal that maybe that was overblown. You were the first one that pointed it out to me and on this show weeks before they hired D'Amico Ryans. You thought the two of them would work together really, really well. Yeah, yeah. They, and, and clearly that's the case right now. I, with, with D'Amico, and much like with Nick, I, I don't – it's interesting. I don't – like, for the life of me, I, I just don't see where people get the notion that Casario is arrogant and comes from. Because um, I, I don't read it that way at all. And maybe that's just my blindness or something. Uh, I, I honestly feel like with both Casario and with D'Amico, there's a willingness to set aside all of the non-essential things and just really focus on the things that you should focus on. And I think that those guys believe that the things you they, they agree on what you should focus on um and it sounds simple enough but it's really really hard to do with D'Amico there's a certain um it's a non-reactivity in his personality which is a good thing it sounds like a bad thing but it's actually a really really good thing think of like all the think of like the 
the movie stars and action heroes or anybody like that's a hero in a movie. Think about what happens when, uh, like, when they face imminent danger. They just like stare stone faced at the dude that's threatening to kill them. Yeah. They take like three extra seconds make a decision, and then say something. I'm always very impressed I, by that. Yeah, as opposed to, like, you know, what a sports radio host might do <laughs> when he sees something he doesn't Start like. Start peeing. <laughs> no. But, like, so non-reactivity is a very strong sign of yeah. being in control and, and having very good confidence, but also not being swayed by, really, the things that don't matter. Yeah. Um, or by things that are threats, but you just got to be sure you assess the threat. Yep. And, and it's something that, you know, I saw, I've told this story about the time when he was just a rookie and, uh, you know, how calm he was when the veterans were yelling at him. And, and I think when there was difficulty in that first season, he was very calm about it. I've heard other people, and Mike McDaniel made reference to it. I forget the phrase he used, but basically talked about his ability to handle some of the, the drama that comes with running a football team. You know, and you see that as a position coach. He, like, D'Amico has that. And uh, so it's a different personality type than Nick, but they both are just kind of unwavering and trying to keep focused on the things that really matter. Do you remember what you yelled at him about? Yeah, he couldn't get the play call out. Gotcha. Because he was, uh, he didn't, uh, it was his first day calling the plays in a new offense. Give the kid a chance. Good. First day. Nah, you know what? I'm going to talk to him about it next time I see him. <laughs> I'm still. Uh, I've been crediting. Are you? Are you? I've been, cre- I've been crediting him with uh, handling the criticism and getting yelled at. Well, but now, now that I think about it, this is why he needs an old head yeah. coach with him on the sidelines. I take back all the positive things I've said about him. I don't know if he's got the medal to be a head coach now that I think about he it. He found it somewhere along yeah. the way. Uh, all right, this is a good cut right here. This is the one where you and I were sitting in the press box at the Astros game yesterday, and I'm listening. While we're up there, I'm listening to D'Amico's press conference. I'm like, oh. This is an eye-opener right here for what might have been with the Texans uh, a year ago. Here is D'Amico on kind of his journey and what he learned in San Francisco through his rise as a coach. Being with the 49ers, I couldn't have asked for a better start on a coaching journey. Kyle has been outstanding into my development as a coach. He gave me an opportunity as a QC to come in and just truly learn what coaching is truly all about. I thought I knew, I thought I could just come in and just start coaching right off the bat, but I, I'm very thankful for Kyle, right, teaching me that you have you can't miss steps, right? So you have to go through every step if you want to be a, a great coach. So going through that QC phase, the linebacker coach, like hitting every step, that was the most important thing I could have done to allow me to be in the position I am right now. So, Definitely thankful for Kyle, thankful for John and the 49ers for the opportunities that they provided me and being able to to move up in an organization, such a first-class organization and everything that they've done with the 49ers, and I wish those guys nothing but the best. As I'm listening yeah. to that 50 seconds worth of a QC, by the way, is quality control. It's, a, yeah. it's, it's an entry-level job in coaching. I'm listening to that yesterday, and I turn to you, I'm like, as we're listening to this, I'm going – they almost hired Josh McCown right. a year ago. Skipped every single skipped step. every single one of those steps. D'Amico just step. said D'Amico just said is they were essential to yeah. being who he is. Well, and that's the part that I just couldn't get about Josh McCown, and it made I understood I understand the philosophy behind it, and you know, like, like I appreciate the outside the box thinking, but it was it, it was like it was outside the box thinking taken to an extreme. 
where the Josh McCown had no way of like knowing what he didn't know. You know, like and it's a, you and D'Amico. I'm glad he said that he felt like he could have at the time. He felt like he could have just stepped in and coach because I've been playing this position. I know, yeah, but you, like playing the position, I probably I probably would have felt the same way um, when I was done playing. But playing the position is not nearly the same thing as coaching a position, especially like within the context and framework of an NFL team. So as you, as a quality control coach, you're doing all these things where you're... Yeah, what do those guys do? You watch... Well, for one, a lot of it's just kind of menial. Like you're, you're holding the cards at practice for the scout team, you know, and telling guys what to do, which is challenging because you got to basically... You got to coach 11 dudes on a defense that isn't their own... Uh, in like 30 seconds, yeah. and you're going to get screamed at. If you, good practice. Tamiko probably didn't get screamed at. But, um, but you got to get those guys lined up and tell them what their challenges are and focus and everything. So that's tough. But also a lot of it is just breaking down film and charting plays. You're doing it where you're noting all 22 guys, like with, you know, with detail. What are the offensive line splits? How far are the wide receivers split out? What's the depth of the running back? And it's a lot of stuff that D'Amico would have known from film study already. But to actually have to plot it out and to do it with different defenses too, where he's gonna have to he's gonna have to chart out different defenses and see how different teams do it. You just see everything from a different perspective um, than you ever have before. And then being a position coach, same thing. All the challenges you face that you know it's it's easy to be a smart guy that shows up at clinics and has a good way with kids, but like any. Any coach or teacher listening right now knows it's a whole different deal when you've got like it's on you and you got and you've got a, a season to try to help all these different kids get all better them, and face yeah. the challenges. It's just you don't know until you go through it. And I like McCown had never been through any of it, not to mention the hours you work and just kind of getting like you got to learn how to cope with that. <laughs> Imagine like the stress that a head coach is under, like. But also with sleep deprivation, those hours, all that stuff. It's just I, I don't. I, maybe maybe it would have been a stroke of genius to Josh McCown, but I just don't see how you justify. Yeah, it. well, I mean, and I, you know, it's funny when I was listening to that cut. First name that popped into my head was actually Jeff Saturday. You know, yeah. and, and you can see how things played out there in Indianapolis. And then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. We almost had our own Jeff Saturday. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Josh McCown. And there's a part of it too where. You know, it, it's, you've got to command not just the respect of your players, but you've got to command the respect of your assistant coaches. Yeah. And it's really hard. Um, you know, it's hard to do that if you haven't been through the same process, I mm-hmm. think. And, you know, D'Amico would have had more. If, they, if somebody had tried that with D'Amico, at the very least, D'Amico is actually a good NFL player, whereas Josh McConnell yeah. wasn't even a good NFL player. Right. Which doesn't matter. Like, because you don't like, like again. I don't think you have to be a good NFL player. If anything, I prefer the guys that weren't that good a lot. Uh, like on, if I have no other thing to go on, yep. Because those guys are deeper thinkers. But if you're going to step into a role and command some respect with zero pelts on the wall, I don't know how Josh McCown would have impressed the guys that had been grinding away for years and years and had actually coached before. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. We're live in, uh, in Florida, spring training, uh, thanks to Shoppa's John Deere for bringing us down here to Florida so we can bring spring training to you. In fact, let's circle back to that. Day, day three of our stay here was yesterday. We got to see Hunter Brown pitch. We'll give our assessment of that. Jose Altuve, we'll hear audio from Jose Altuve what does he think of this pitch clock? How long is it going to take him to get adjusted to it? What can he do to get adjusted to it? And uh, another Dusty Baker update on Jordan Alvarez. So some Astro talk, 
as we're here live at spring training uh, in Florida. Payne and Pendergast, stay there. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.